San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or TuneIn Radio, you can hear the show as it airs on any device. And, of course, all the podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com and Apple Podcasts. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. Joe, I've been hopping this week. Yeah. Solana Beach Coffee Company has been the food oh. vendor for the Morgan Run Women's Professional Tennis Tournament that's oh. going on all week at Morgan Run. We're plugging Run. the whole family, aren't we? Yeah, we are. But anyway, <laughs> everybody, come on out tomorrow. Come on out tomorrow for the women's finals in singles and doubles. I've got some of my great friends and clients and players playing. Yanina Wickmeyer out of Belgium, Masaki Doi, who's the number one Japanese player in the world. Where's this going to be? Morgan Run ah. Resort, also known as Whispering Palms, just west of Rancho Santa Fe, off of Via de la Valle, is off it, the five. Is this the one that they were doing in Hawaii, or what? Uh, similar, very oh, okay. similar. Oh, very cool. And uh, out of your hometown, Taylor Townsend, the number one seed playing, so some great, great women's out of, tennis. Out of whose hometown? Chicago. She's out of your hometown, oh, Chicago, really? Illinois, Taylor did, Townsend. She's the number that. one seed. Wow. And everybody come on out and see some great tennis. The female professional players are absolutely amazing. Rich, I've been here 40 years. This is my hometown. I, <laughs> I am disowning Chicago. Disowning especially. Chicago. Although we had weather like Chicago. I got up this morning and my car was covered in ice. Hey, this was crazy. I posted this last night and I looked it up. Actually, <laughs> the low in San Diego last night was 45 and Chicago was 58. We there actually were colder than Chicago, which I don't think, I don't even remember that happening. So something weird. So I guess in a few days they're going to be uh, 10 below zero. So yeah. the weather always shifts to the east as far as uh, my limited meteorology knowledge <laughs> okay. goes. But um, in any case, look, I don't know if you've, uh, you know, these mass shootings, they, this is crazy. Those those kids in Florida, very inspiring. Whatever your position is on, on gun ownership, you have to admit those kids are articulate, smart, passionate, and they've been through hell. And, uh, you know, we had a three-day weekend last weekend, and, uh, you know, we typically in our lives go to one funeral, you know, and then wait many, many years, hopefully, or months for the next one. These kids are going to be going to, uh, you know, 17 funerals over, you know, five, six days or whatever it is. And I just I don't know how how they deal with that, you know, and it can happen anywhere. Parkland apparently was one of the safest communities in the whole country. And, you know, one bad apple can obviously do a lot of damage. But I, I do hope there are some bona fide solutions out there. I, I, I think we have to do something. I don't see why any anybody under 25 should have the right to own or buy a gun. Uh but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. The, the automatic weapons, Richard, do you have any thoughts on any? I, think we, I don't think we need a military-style assault weapons that are designed to, uh, you know, to me it's a weapon of mass destru- destruction. Well, these types of weapons were not contemplated when we were given the right to bear arms. Yeah. I mean, at that point, a sophisticated weapon was a musket. Exactly. If ta- if, if and there are solutions, but it would require politicians to have guts. Yes. And I'm not sure they do. Well, and people, too, have to have guts. They have yeah. to put heat on them. But anyway, look, we've yeah. got an important guest in the studio with us. But we us. also wanted to congratulate the Padres for signing Eric Hosmer. Ah. Hos, yeah. welcome to town. Number 30. 144 million. You know, typically these... 
Look, Richard, we've seen from enough World Series where some, I'm all for it. Uh, by the way, some play, you know the big money players usually uh, some for some reason the underperform in the playoffs, and you get some guy like a Bucky Dent who you never heard of who goes you know uh, bats you know six fifty and, and stuff. So uh, well, he hit the home run, Bucky Dent. But. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that's usually some non you know, player we don't even expect has a great series and it can turn. But but obviously today's pitching too. If you got a great Eric pitching. Hosmer's the real deal. We yeah. will not be disappointed. Can he pitch? <laughs> well, that's the problem. <laughs> He can't pitch. Hey, where'd that Japanese guy go that can hit and pitch? Uh, See, uh, he went to Cal- Los Angeles Angels. I always want to call him the California Angels, well, but the God. Los Angeles Angels. Well, thank God it's not Padres that. got a Japanese pitcher. He's a submariner. Yeah, but thank God he's not the Dodger. He didn't go to the Dodgers. So. No. Anyway, enough, enough. Let's get to our uh, guest. Enough, yes, we've got a very important guest. Uh, he's been in San Diego uh, many, many years. He's done very well in the financial world. Uh, he's known as the private banker. He founded the company, the, the privatebanker.com. And uh, we'll just welcome him right now. Uh, Carrie Whitkin, welcome to our show. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure to have you here. But, Joe, we have to thank somebody. That would be Carrie's better half. That's right. Uh, Robin. Robin. Well, well, and Car- why are we thanking her? Well, Carrie was smart enough to see we have O's on the end of our respective names. Yes. And he assumed we were Italian, and that's a very— <laughs> Good assumption, Carrie. <laughs> so his wonderful Italian wife, she's Italian, right? Uh, he is. He is. She made bis- bi- what, biscotti. Bis- biscotti, biscotti, or biscuit, or whatever, you know, uh, whatever part of it really uh, yummy Italy food. you're from. To translate and, to English. And uh, it's got honest, honest in there, right? Honest set or what Absolutely. I love. Oh, I love that stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, boy. Thank I, you, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Robin, I, can Carrie do radio again <laughs> next week? <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> Carrie, uh, let's get into your bio a little bit. Born and raised where and, um, and, and where did you go to school? And then we'll get into your profession a little bit. Well, guys, I'm from uh, New Britain, Connecticut originally. Mm. And... Um, Went to school in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown University. Graduated there in 1974. You're a Hoya. I am. In, in what subject? What was your major? I went to uh, Georgetown School of Foreign Service and had a triple major in economics, history, and international affairs. Wow. Huh, huh, huh. What, what, did you have a goal? Uh, did you have a vision toward getting into the State Department or something or doing foreign service? Yeah, that was one of the things that, uh, that was inspiring. You? But huh. But yeah. uh, getting into the Foreign Service, passing the Foreign Service exam, it's like 10,000 people take the exam, the exam and two pass. Hmm. Are you and, kidding me? And I wasn't one of the two. Wow. <laughs> okay. Really? But you took the exam? I did. Okay. Yeah. How about that? So, uh, so after Georgetown, then what uh, did you do? Well, after Georgetown, I uh, observed the weather in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and been playing golf since I was 10 years old. And one cold winter day in 1977, I was watching... The Andy Williams Open at Torrey Pines. Oh, Pine. yeah. It used to be called the Andy Williams. Andy That's Williams right. Yeah. With um, a bunch of guys looking over the uh, the cove there in La Jolla without their shirts on in January. And I said, I'm, uh, I'm smarter than living in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Let's go check out San Diego. We came here on a, on a, uh, in a week in October. We left Washington in 40 degrees and drizzle. Mm-hmm. Came to San Diego on a day like Today. So this is 77, 78? So it, was 70, it was the fall of 77. Okay. Wow. So uh, I beat you by about 10 months. <laughs> <did you? laughs> well, then uh, Robin and I went went home. We went to the corner uh, drugstore, bought a for sale sign, put it on our front lawn. <laughs> I swear to God, the, ha- the house was sold five days later with wow. all the furniture in it. And, and over Christmas week, we moved here and got here on New Year's Eve, 1977. Wow. Cool. How about that? 1231. How about that? Where'd you first settle in San Diego? We first settled in Mira Mesa. Mm-hmm. And 
we lived there for about nine months, and then uh, we moved up to Carlsbad, and then lived there for just a little bit, and now we're living in Encinitas. As far as work or profession, I mean, you didn't have a job to come to. You just said, "I'm going to go out there and figure it out." Or well, I was a banker back east, right out of right out of college. I took that economics major and went into banking. Ah, right with a with college. a big bank or a famous bank? Or? It was a bank about the size of you remember San Diego Trust and Savings. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. about yeah. a sixty branch bank yeah, called okay. Suburban Trust Company. Mm-hmm. Okay, of Maryland, I see that. Here. That's right. And I uh, went through a tremendous management training program there. Hmm. Um, moved out here with that type of experience. Went to work for Crocker Bank mm-hmm. for about 10 mm-hmm. years. And I remember that. Shortly after that, went to uh, First Interstate Bank, and then I got the inspiration to start my own. Yeah. Business. So what happened to Crocker and First Interstate? They've merged or rebranded? or Well, what happened is Crocker was bought or merged with Wells Fargo Bank back in 1980s. Five, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I think the same thing happened with First Interstate. Mm. So uh, Wells Fargo ate up all of those banks. Yeah. Well, what, uh, we're going to come up on a break in a little bit, but I do want to talk to you about banking, the you know the past, present, future, get your ideas on... Uh, and why, community banks. Yeah, and why you broke away, yeah, and community mm-hmm. banks as well. But uh, obviously, we don't want another 07, 08 to occur, but we'd like to get your thoughts on, on all those things as well, and, and maybe uh, you know your vision on the economy and and the tax, the new tax legislation and everything else. So um, what do you say we take a little break? We're going to go back with Kerry Wicken, Private Banker Group, right after this. Hang on. All right. All right, we're back with Kerry Wicken, Private Banking Group. He's got other talents as well, which we'll get into during the course of the show. But let's get into banking a little bit. Uh, obviously, 0708 was a catastrophe. We certainly don't want to see that again. It did obviously have ties to the banking and financial industries. Um, what are your thoughts about then and now, Kerry? Uh, are we in danger of anything like that ever happening again? Or Oh, sure. I think every generation forgets what forgets the lessons of the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember um, I remember one day my son, who was in college at the time, uh, came home and he said, Hey, Dad, I'm not really quite sure what's going on with all of the, the banking mess. And this was probably about 2007. Mm. And I said, Well, here's the problem. People are being able to get home loans that are 120% the value of the house, 120% of the, of the appraisal. No money down. No income, no job, ninja loans, That's right? That's right, the ninja loans. <laughs> and in right, fact, with, with rates that are going to increase. Yep. And, here, and here's the other thing. There's negative amortization where they're never going to be able to pay the thing back. Those should be outlawed, I think. You know? Yeah, and the applications pretty much said uh, instead of how much do you make, it said how much would you like to make. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. they made their loans on that. <laughs> it was... And, of course, the teaser rates, you know, zero down or, you know, nothing, no interest for the first few months. I mean, they were obviously in heavy marketing mode. I remember going to the, the former Daily Transcript when George Chamberlain invited me, and they had a whole group of local bankers here. And uh, I turned it, and this is when all these loans were flying out the door. And, and um, the guy said, uh, his local bank, he said, we were under orders from New York to write loans as fast as we possibly could so we could ship them off and they could package them. And, of course, now they're selling and packaging and then doing the derivative thing. And let me ask your opinion on derivatives because Richard says he doesn't know or doesn't want to talk about derivatives. I don't want to talk but- about it. <laughs> I'm with Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? There's trillions of dollars of these things floating out there that are opaque and, uh, you know, no one knows. Seems I mean, it's a, it, it, that seems to be another dangerous situation that doesn't it or am i stupid well would you invest in something you don't understand 
No, and neither would Warren Buffett. So, no. But I'm just saying they're still out there. They're still an issue, right? I mean, they haven't gone away. They right? haven't gone away. Yeah. It's hard to quantify. Karen, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. What are your thoughts on community banks? I mean, well, San Diego. One, been... more, one more thing, though. Hedge funds. I got a problem with the hedge funds. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, the fees are out of control. And, Joe. And, Joe. I'm what? a hedge fund. Okay. You are? Yeah. Well, yeah, the family office is a hedge fund, so be careful what you say. Well, you have a problem with hedge do, funds? Do you ch- well, I'm just saying they're they're opaque also, and their fees. Yes, are, we are. Their 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 fees are ridiculous. Well, no, they mean, aren't. Well, thank God. You know, you, you may be an ethical, honest person. Not everybody's like you, Richard. So, <laughs> most so, hedge funds are operated by extremely ethical and honest people. Well, I'm I'm with Jack Bogle and, and Warren Buffett and, and Charlie Munger on that, and uh, they think they charge too many fees and uh, doing some too do. many shady things. And not to not some do. not to mention that whole uh, Renaissance technology. Uh, mer- um, What's that for medallion fund? Oh my gosh! You know the the, the, the quant trading and the the high the high frequency carry not a good thing, right? Not a good thing. Okay. Not quant trading. No. All right. So, Kerry, okay. community banks. Um, you know, here in San Diego, we've seen a huge transition away away from community banks. What are your thoughts on the importance of smaller community banks in, in places honest, like San Diego? I honestly think that small community banks should be the heartbeat of a local economy. Yeah, I agree with you. You know when. Um, when Great American left, when San Diego Trust and mm-hmm. Savings Bank left, when um, all of those smaller banks left town, mm-hmm. that left a big hole. It left a big hole with a lot of the philanthropy that happened. Absolutely, town. yeah. Um, and I'm sad to see that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, today we're down to maybe five or six banks in mm-hmm. town, and and they're controlling the show. And the ones that seem to be um, working the best are the ones that have local branches that operate as if they're a community bank mm-hmm. so. no, because i mean if you're a plumber electrician or a profession or you know if, if you have a good relationship with your banker he or she can help counsel you you know and work with you obviously if, you know give you financial advice and um it's a it's a big deal and obviously helping with in developing local real estate projects as well you know more and mortgages um plus the turnover at larger banks is a real challenge yeah. for the consumer well, just underscore your point with Governor Dukakis, who we're going to have on again. When that crisis happened in 07, 08 in Massachusetts, he said all their community banks, uh, they did fine. They didn't get caught up in all that stuff. They did. They yeah, did. they didn't do stupid loans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Well, when I first started in banking, the loans that I was making, I was responsible for collecting. Mm-hmm. So mm. you put that responsibility on. And if you don't collect enough of the loans you make, you're looking for another job. Mm. So yes. that type of responsibility seems to have gone out of the local banks. Yeah. Of course, what happened in Osaka, I mean, people were shifting the titles around and they didn't even know who, and, and the loans kept getting sold, bought and sold so many times, you didn't even know who your, you know, who your, your lender was at, uh, after a while, the homeowners. So it, it, it was, it was crazy. But um, in, in any case, um, so Carrie, you broke off from, from, you know, these local banking institutions, formed your own entity. And what was the, the genesis of that and the, and the, the thought behind it? Well, my business, the private banker, started out and very much today still is um, a, a, like a bill-paying service. We're daily money managers for our clients. And back in uh, 1986 or so, I was managing a small region of Crocker Bank. If you remember Crocker mm-hmm, Bank, you're in mm-hmm, town. Sure do. And one of the things that I needed was someone to help me pay my bills and keep me organized in my, you know, my personal daily financial life. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anybody. So I figured, here's an opportunity to start a business. So, <laughs> so 
I did. That's Starting to sound a little bit like a family office, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's overlap. There's no question. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. But um, in any case, so you just took a few clients and then you started to, to build from there, right? Well, I had no clients. Ah. I had no clients. I just uh, looked at the bank and I said, you know, I'm probably more of an entrepreneur than a, than a corporate guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was about 35 at the time. And oh, let me tell you this story. This okay. one is... This, okay. is, this is really the genesis of it. Good. I was working at Crocker Bank, and I had a boss, a fellow, a great guy by the name of Bob Gain. And Bob, Bob, was, Bob was my boss in one of the branches. I remember Bob. Yeah. You remember Bob Gain? Yeah, I you did. really? Yeah. Because so, um, <laughs> I started in town in 1980, so not too long after. Yeah, yeah I worked with Bob in La Mesa. Yeah, okay. La Mesa, he was East County. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So um, the days came at Crocker Bank when we were downsizing, they said. Okay. Oh. And I was in a position where one of the things I had to do was downsize Bob <laughs> and trying to, and just think about um, going to your mentor mm-hmm. and saying that we don't have a place for you. you're 60 years old and uh, wow. you've outgrown the bank. And I figured I was 35 at the time. And I thought, you know, someday some 30 year old kid's going to come up to me and right. say, you know, we don't have a place for you anymore. Uh, and, and you that saw was, the writing on the wall. Yeah, that was the day I decided better get out. Was Bob making a little too much money, or what? The what was the deal? With the, uh, hey, Joe, this is banking. No one makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> was it just downsizing, and they they said we have to start cutting? No, those were the days they were rearranging the chairs on the on the Titanic. Oh. <laughs> You know. Yeah, Joe, downsizing occurs before capsizing. Well, if you're yeah. on the Titanic, yeah. I guess you're going to look for another boat. So. Yeah. The big sign there was when we canceled the subscription to the Wall, to the wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Exactly. That's not a good sign. No. For the, oh, my gosh. Okay. That's a, now, that is a great story. So, 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 uh, so how did you get your first client? Yeah. Uh, my first client, I went to uh, some of the bankers I had worked with, and I said, I know that every branch I've ever worked in has uh, special clients, people who take up more of your time mm-hmm. than you'd like to see them take up. Okay. Send them to me, and I'll work with them. Okay, and take it from there. That's smart. Man. That's how it happened. Ah, very good. <laughs> and of course, you're uh, you got involved with Rotary. Uh, you're you're, bo- you're still a board member of Rotary, or I am. Yeah. Oh, thanks. By the way, I just mm-hmm. want to um, do a shout out to my friends at the Encinitas Rotary Club. Uh, and do. if I don't do that, then I'm certain I'll get fined. I'll probably be <laughs> fined for being on the show anyway. But They find you either way, right? <laughs> yeah, they'll find a way to find me anyway. So, guys, I mentioned Rotary on the show. Rotary, Rotary. Keep it, keep it under 100 bucks if you can. You guys, just, you guys just find him, okay? Just oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Give me back those biscotti. <laughs> no. The fine will go up if I get back the biscotti. And I know I, some of your members, okay? So yeah. don't mess with me. And then I see you're also on the San Diego Heritage Museum. Uh, I didn't that's even a know, cool place. I didn't even know they had one. What, what goes on there? What is that? Well, that's a museum that is preserving the heritage of the San Diego area. It's kind of from Del Mar up through Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. Huh, and um, we are located on uh, uh, Quail Gardens Drive in Encinitas. Okay, uh, there. and uh, it's uh, it's right next to the San Diego or the San Diego um, Botanic Garden, hmm. I, I which always, used to be called Quail. I, Gardens. I always stumble I over that. Richard, why did they change the name? It, it was, drives me crazy. It was marketing. Yeah, I always I have to stumble when I think about what the name is. It's Quail Garden. It's Quail Garden. And I'm just I mean, going to take on. a flyer and guess that you probably were a good friend or knew of our, our good late friend, uh, Lauren Nancaro, because I know him, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's terrific. Yeah, anyway, was. we'll be back with Carrie Wick and Private Banker Group right after this. Hang on.
the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Couldn't do this show without them. At the top of the list, hey, it's tax season, so we'll do all the CPAs and accountants first. Of course, Jason Kruger, great CFO service company, Signature Analytics. He was also a great guest for us earlier this year. Check out that, that, that show. More traditional CPAs in San Marcos, Polito Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito. Lots to talk about there with tax reform, so check those guys out. Also, if you want really lower-cost, paperless, app-based income tax preparation, we highly recommend Happy Tax. For those of you like me who hate paper, we hate it. HappyTax.com. How about that? Three different choices on the CPA and accounting side. Also, our great friend Joel Graskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Recent guest, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and is also the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly here in San Diego. Also, VFO Hub, really neat niche market, shall we say, virtual family office solution, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you like Carrie's first client, who take up a lot of time and you don't have enough time to do things. Elite Lifestyle Management, great concierge service from simple things like travel arrangements to the more complex, like getting tickets to the hottest Hollywood movie premiere in Hollywood last year, like Michelle did for us with Battle of the Sexes. Elite Lifestyle Management will get you back your most precious asset. That is your time. Also, some new sponsors. Prediction Works, my good friend, Mark Long. Prediction Works. It's a really cool analytics company. For those of you in the startup world who want to know if the startup you're going to invest in is going to succeed or fail, they've added 18 out of 19 in testing at Cal Berkeley and University of Austin. PredictionWorks.com. Check it out. Really cool stuff. And for all of you listeners who get hungry because you missed dinner just to listen to us, yes, we have the Solana Beach Coffee Company now. My niece, Melissa, runs that place on Coast Highway in Solana Beach. Really cool coffee, food, snacks, all kinds of things. And biscotti. And biscotti, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you bring some biscotti in. And also a couple of other great food experts, right, Joe? Absolutely. Uh, Food entities. We have the Berry Good Food Foundation headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyric. How about that for Italian? Uh, Putting on great foodie events all year long and some great uh, TV and radio programs as well. Indeed. Some awards. She won awards last year with us uh, again. And then also Lestat's Coffee Houses, Normal Heights, University Heights, and a new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365. Great people watching, always packed. Gosh, the one one was packed. They even added a second floor on University mm-hmm. and the whole place. 200 people in there yesterday. I, mean, I guess because of the, uh, well, we, we tape on Tuesdays, so the, how, the, wash, the President's Day. It was President's Day. Yeah. But yeah. Man, oh, man, these kids love to study. And they got plenty of outlets there, so <laughs> and Wi-Fi. They got like three, four Wi-Fi channels. So, but anyway, I know a lot of these uh, these um, uh, sponsors have been working with Richard with great success for many years. Correct? Three decades in some cases. Wow, I hate having to I'll, admit that. I bet that's almost thirty years. Do the math. But uh, something in, close. <laughs> in any case, uh, folks, if you want to learn more about the sponsors, there is uh, go to iymoney.com. There's a sponsor drop-down tab. You can learn about any or all of them there. Their contact information, their bio is there, everything. And uh, they're all terrific. They're all hand-picked. Uh, we find them. They don't find us typically. Although you can find us if you look at the uh, the media kit on uh, Money as well. And thanks to Courtney Holst for doing such a great job on that. Uh, now time to get back to our guest, Richard, and where we leave off, what were we discussing, Carrie? 
were we talking about banking or we were talking about how he got his first client ah that's right oh and and, Bob, and how his business started Bob, to grow yeah gotcha yeah. gotcha so i guess you help with loans and everything uh what do you what what actually do you provide for your clients so carrie i do uh clients who need loans i help them to uh, make contact with their banks and help them with their applications from time to time mm-hmm. uh, these days uh it's more a matter of helping uh, people keep their daily financial lives sorted mm-hmm. out and organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing a lot more uh, elderly clients these days, mm-hmm. uh, people who don't have family around to help them with that. They might be, uh, might be back in, uh, in Chicago where mm. know, the weather is warmer than it was here this morning. Ago. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of those type of folks who, who need this type of help. Yeah. I know we were also talking about the San Diego area as well and the Heritage Museum. And so that museum now, Richard, is part of uh, the former Yeah, it's on, I guess it's on the premises. They're, they're what, what's the word, congruous? Yeah. They're together. Yeah, Adja- well, actually. Adjacent, adjacent. that's yeah. it, they're, adjacent. They're, they are, yeah. they're adjacent, but they're separate organizations. Yeah, exactly, mm. separate organizations. And I, I remember, I, I mentioned Lauren Nancaro as well, so I know he was a big friend of, of the, um, of Quail Gardens at the time. Um so in the museum, but, what, what do they have? What kind of artifacts and relics do they have in this museum? Uh, well, they've they've dug up uh, things from the area that go back to the days when the Indians settled kind of, uh, settled in this area. So like thirteen thousand years ago or so, or some of them might be that if you know if the Earth is that old, mm-hmm. Joe, then um, the, uh, it's, <laughs> a it's a little older. It's a little bit older. You know, it goes right up through there through the the people who actually came here from other parts of the country, other parts of the world you didn't ride your dinosaur in here did you uh carrie no 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 No, my my car's a little newer no i'm kidding i'm just saying man wasn't alive at the time of the dinosaurs i don't think were they richard i don't even i don't even know they wouldn't have lived long (laughs) those things were big and fast we got hit by an an asteroid didn't we or something at some point 65 million we think that may have happened yeah no way to verify (laughs) yeah i go with the scientists on that (laughs) But, uh, Carrie, you also have an avocation, which is pretty cool. In addition to golfing, I, guess, I assume you still golf. I do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what are your favorite courses uh, out it, there? My favorite courses are anyone, any course that someone invites me to play at. <laughs> but I, I play out at Encinitas Ranch a bit, and I like that. And you told uh, me when you were watching the Andy Williams Open back in 77, I guess, uh, and saw how beautiful it was out here as you were freezing on the East Coast. I remember, I recall Dean Martin doing a TV special on Torrey Pines Golf Course, singing on one of the greens, looking at the, with the ocean behind him. And here it was December in uh, in Illinois. I go, oh, this is yeah, got to get out of here, right? But uh, in any case, boy, yeah, those those were, yeah, they're both gone, Andy Williams. And uh, I'm still watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Oh, I'm sorry. It comes on me TV or one of these channels at, at night, and I catch it every so You ever watch it, Richard, or not so much? No, I'm, I'm too busy doing taxes. I'm, no, I don't do taxes. No. <laughs> too busy doing other things. Or doing whatever. I'm too busy delivering food to pay. tennis players. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carrie, you, you mentioned that you have a lot of elderly clients. I've noticed the same thing. The um, elderly clients, uh, assisted living homes and stuff, um, they're sort of still in a different age, and a lot of people criticize them for not keeping up with technology, but it's impossible. It's very difficult for a lot of people to manage their own affairs if they aren't IT savvy, you know, if they're yeah. from another generation. It's really unfortunate, but it's almost like a lot of people are being left behind, and that's why it's such an important service, I think, to help them with daily matters that seem simple to people who do everything on their device, but a lot of people don't have that option. No, we, we go back to uh, the old ways of doing things mm-hmm. a lot of times, 
uh, those folks are a lot more comfortable with it that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but one of my concerns, you mentioned the, the assisted living homes. Those places are so expensive, Richard. Oh, yeah. That I still, I have trouble figuring out how a population is going to be able to afford those expenses. Well, they're not. Especially with the way pension funds are going to blow up. I'm seeing numbers now that they are $6 trillion un- underfunded or unfunded liability, oh. uh, the public pensions anyway. I know a lot of the private yeah, sector. Yeah, and, and then you add that to increased longevity, yeah, which and, suggests and, and increased the, care. And the private sector's gotten rid of a lot of pensions altogether, defined programs, right, Carrie? I mean, uh, That's right. You know, which yeah. is unfortunate. So, uh, well, we'll all be selling apples. What can I say? Uh, I, I, maybe I'll lose some weight. But uh, in any case, I didn't uh, get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to talk about added attraction and acapella quartet. Uh, ah. uh, I know we have a minute to go to the break, but tell us about how you got started that, and then we'll get into more detail. Sing away. Uh, Sing. Well, 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 you know the beauty of singing in a in a barbershop quartet is that you never could be you, you can never do a solo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you if you want to lead, I'll follow you with baritone okay. on that, Richard. <laughs> But just four voices, I mean, you can. no one can really lag because, I mean, uh, if someone is off, uh, it's you're like going you're, you're to hear it. I yeah. mean, I'd rather be in a choir where I could just be lip syncing and no one will know. <laughs> no, good, good barbershop quartets is really magical. Uh-huh. Bad barbershop quartets, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> forget about it. That'd be a good name for my quartet. Forget about it. Forget but about um, it. that must take a lot of rehearsal, though. I mean, and where did you even discover that you wanted to do that? I mean, you've been singing your whole life, or I was in uh, I was in the music band when I was in high school ah. back in New Britain, Connecticut. Ah, and I wasn't in the quartet. Ah, but the quartet did a really fabulous job, and I thought this is magical with no music uh-huh. accompaniment. These four voices are making it sound as if there's a piano in back of it. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is, so. I love. I always love hearing that kind of music. So anyway, we're going to come back with Carrie Whitkind with the private banker with some music. Hi, banker group, right after this. Hang on. <laughs> Let's take a trip across the harbor. Check out the Dells, see what's new. Come back to Balboa, you wonder wow. about so that is Carrie Whitkin and his group, known as Added Attraction. When did you guys start, uh, when did you have your first actual gig, shall we say? Oh, we've been singing together for about 15 years. Wow. And I honestly can't remember our first gig. We've done we've done quite a few. So we did, do, did you guys meet in a barbershop? I'm just I'm just we were, actually, we were all in a chorus together, a barbershop okay. chorus called Pacific Coast Harmony. Okay. And but where'd you find, how'd you meet up initially? Because, I mean, there might be some of the other people out there where they don't even know where to begin if they wanted to find three other people to sing. Well, well, actually, that's the thing. We were all singing in this chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the chorus, at any given time, there were 30 or 40 guys singing in the chorus. Oh, I see. And, uh, and the chorus is a barbershop chorus mm-hmm. made up of the four parts. Right. With just number of people in each of the four gotcha. parts. Gotcha. So uh, the joy, for me, the joy of barbershop uh, singing is in a quartet as opposed to being in a chorus. Mm. And uh, so we just kind of got together and said, let's let's uh, see if we can sing a song. And Well, like you broke off on banking, you broke off with your uh, barbershop quartet. That's right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you, um, you opened for the Padres once a year, right? Yeah, for the last five years, the Padres have invited us to be part of their opening day festivities. Right. So um, we entertain the fans as they come in. And you walk the concourse, I guess. We walk the concourse. Okay. Actually, what we try to do is find a quiet spot <laughs> so, so that uh, 
you know, we could we could hear ourselves. Well, that's and, when the Padres are batting. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll tell you, our, you know, we've been there the last five years, and our record is three and two. Wow, that's great. Yeah. They ought to they ought to keep that, you. That's, ought to, a, that's keep, a winning streak for the Padres. <laughs> well, let's be nice. Hosmer's going to change that look, all by himself. Look, they do whatever the team record at the end of the year. We probably have the best ownership in the whole league. I mean, uh, Peter Seidler's a magnificent guy, and and everybody on his team's family's brother Tom. I mean. Have you met any of them at all? I haven't, no. Well, we did a show. You'll have to listen to the podcast. Peter was on late last year. Yeah, he was He was terrific. San Diego, good guy of the year. Uh, nice guy. Nice guy of the year, they, I'm they sorry. They have the nice guys of the nice year. Nice guy of the year. Was, it's a big deal. I mean, they've had Ernest Rady, uh, Ernie Hahn, uh, Malin Burnham, Sanford, uh, Denny Sanford, and uh, Kyrie Prebis. They've honored uh, once, you know, each year. You know, I mean, once they, out, they were honored annually. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're trying anyway, to say that the nice guys honored them one year in the past. One year, each. yes, yeah. yes, they're yeah. they're past honorees. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so added attraction, and of course, you, your wife and you are avid uh, students of ballroom dancing and swing dancing, so that's great for exercise. Uh, oh yeah, well, you know, we've been doing that for nearly 20 years, and mm. I have to tell you this that. If we miss a week of lessons, I forget 20 years of stuff. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's important so to keep it up. So you're still doing lessons? I mean, you're, oh, oh yeah. Wow, how cool is now? Where do you where do you do that? In Encinitas, okay. um, we have a uh, couple of groups we you know we like to uh, to go. I mean, with. I love big band music. I mean, oh, yeah. that's that's the best. And you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you, every year for the last few, we've gone up to Catalina for New Year's Eve. Really? Yeah, and in the casino up there, they have a big dinner dance, big band. Do they have a big boat that goes out with everybody or takes you over there? No, we take uh, we take the boat out of Dana Point. Oh, gotcha. Is it, a, is it a large group that goes on the boat or you just have... Well, they have 600 people at this dance. Wow. So uh, the boat's right. packed, but I don't think everybody's going to the dance. Right. We just wow. New Year's Eve. Is that something? I never... You know, how it's about a great that? time. Wow, that is great. Once in our lives, Richard, we should get out to Catalina for New Year's Eve. It sounds like yeah, <laughs> sounds <laughs> fun. I'd love to see you two guys dancing I'd, together. I'd, no, yeah, we, <laughs> no, we don't bring do his. He'll bring his wife. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring. I'll bring my wife. She so knows how the, to dance. <laughs> the um, it must be interesting the, the morning after there, huh? I mean, because uh, people are you know they're not planning to go anywhere the next day. So. Well, you can't. You know, right. the boat so on the island till four. A lot of right. people pass out. late in the afternoon. You, right. you, you got to step over the bodies on the pier to get to your boat. Or what? Well, by the way, Joe, right. Catalina is one of the all-time great marathons. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, that's uh, that's a very cool thing to to know about, and I I had never even heard of, heard about that. So, but uh, like, where are, where can they hear you 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 play uh, or sing? Uh, added attraction, your group. You doing a lot of private events, or we do, do mostly uh, mostly private events. Parties uh, and things. Let me do a, just do a plug. Our website. You can reach us. It's really easy to remember. Just go to San Diego Barbershop Quartet dot com, hmm. and you can find us. We um, we love performing for private parties for small groups. Um, charities and things charities especially yeah, yeah. so what, what part do you sing i sing baritone baritone okay yeah all right richard i'm gonna just put it out there you know you keep drafting every one of our guests to come to uh melissa's solana beach coffee yeah. house so i think we need a barbershop well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna arrange it <laughs> yeah. oh we're there for you baby. Yeah. yeah solana beach so let's uh, let's get that going short <laughs> trip from encinitas that's right <laughs> Now, how much rehearsal does that take? Because uh, and to memorize the lyrics and the I mean, it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We rehearse. Uh, we try to rehearse once a week. Thursday nights are rehearsal night. Um, but music is a funny sort of thing, you know. When um, when you learn it, it just kind of seems to be there. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's why they're using it to treat people with dementia now. The, the, if they're getting back to the to the music that they knew in, in an earlier time in their life, it seems what, to trigger. Did, did you see the special on Glenn Campbell before he passed away? I sure when did. When he couldn't remember anything except he could sing every single song he ever sang. Yeah. Yeah. Until at the end where it got, it got well, yeah, too I mean, much work for him. But, right. but um, yeah, because they were all, did you see that, Carrie? I called, didn't know. It, it's called, it was really poignant. It's called This Is Me or something. Yeah. I forget the exact title, yeah. but uh, I'm sure it's out there on, on the Amazon Prime or someplace or Netflix. But um, initially they only intended uh, to have him do a few concerts. And it was so beneficial mm -hmm. to him, it turned into this country. But you know, Joe, he was a member of the Wrecking Crew. We had That's, the wrecking crew. That is on. correct. That you is had the wrecking crew. On. Yeah, had, yeah. The the guy, well, the gentleman, had, not the, the crew, Danny but the Tedesco? Danny yeah. Tedesco. Yeah. yeah, we had Denny on, sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, his dad was part of the. But Glenn crew. Campbell. And, uh, yeah. Actually, Leon Russell was wrecking crew too. Yeah. We're getting way off track yeah. here. No, but, but Glenn was a, a you know world class studio session guitarist mm -hmm. and, and entertainer uh, as well and songwriter, but um, in any case, uh, you know, music is obviously there's some kind of neurological connection at. Uh, Especially if you can cre play it and perform it, uh, it really it really is therapeutic. And well, I'll tell you, I had I had my uh, I cut my teeth in music in elementary school. And, really, uh, schools today that aren't teaching music are, uh, are doing a disservice to our students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, they they do say it benefits us in in other academic areas. Absolutely. Music but so we had somebody on who's bringing uh, music into schools whose name just went right out of my mind. Goodness sakes, I'm sorry. Well, who is, what kind of music? You mean instruments? Or, we'll we'll or look that up later. Let's move on. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. We'll look that up later. I don't, I don't recall that, but you, yeah. better, you better start humming a few bars anyway. No, I'm okay. <laughs> but uh, in any case, so where would be an upcoming uh, venue where, where folks, because you have a public venue that other than Richard's uh, Salon Beach Coffee House? Or? Well, we're hoping to get invited back to the Padres opening day. So <laughs> come on out to the Padres opening day and find us. We'll be the... Will be the barbershop quartet and traditional barbershop. It's early this year, March 29th. It is, yeah. And I tell you what, you know, I've been trying to get the San, the famous San Diego Chicken to come back, and and they haven't seemed to. I guess they've had a falling with the new the new Padre mascot. I, I guess they don't want to create competition or anything. But if you guys want to smuggle the chicken in on opening day, you know, we can work that out. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let anybody know. <laughs> Four guys surrounding the chicken, have him pop out of something, and. That would be kind of well, crazy, that actually. Great. That would be but crazy. <laughs> smuggling the chicken. I didn't know mascots competed. Well, uh, for some reason, they just, um, they, and I guess he's, the subject has come up from time to time, because obviously a lot of people in San Diego wouldn't mind seeing the famous chicken. But wouldn't I guess, mind? Uh, I, I think We'd love to see I the think, famous chicken. I think the fear is he may upstage the fryer or something uh, or whatever. I don't know. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know. But... Uh, in any case, I still have to thank Ted. You know, he did come to the San Diego Nice Guys big dinner for Peter Seidler, and I and uh, he was taking. I had him go in the, the the room where they do the photographs before the dinner. Everyone's in their you know their their uh, formal wear, obviously. And uh, when Peter showed up with his wife and his group, I they all I got snuck him in the back door and got him right. He's got a picture with a chicken, so obviously uh, there is some sort of uh, affinity there. But uh, in any case, I digress. <laughs> So when is opening day anyway? March 29th. March 29th. Early this year, March 29th. And what day of the week is that? That's a, I don't know. It's one of those days that end in Y. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, who are they playing? Do we know Milwaukee yet? Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers. So, yeah. okay, so this is, this is March 29th? Milwaukee Brewers. Typically we start on the road. So uh, that, Usually it's in April, too. Yeah. Season starts early. Wow. 
Well, how about that? Well, so Richard, what do you think? We have a, we have a shot this year? No, <laughs> because of the strength of the division. Yeah. So much pitching. Anyway, we have Carrie, to... Carrie, really appreciate Carrie it. Carrie Wicken, Private Banker Group, thank you so much for being our guest. Richard Miso, Thanks, great guys. seeing you. Justin Harder, Board Operating, thank, thank you for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff here at KFMB for all their help. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iwymoney.com, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>